You're listening to the Jesus and Politics Podcast by CCF at Western Washington University, where each week we'll be asking the question, how does our allegiance to Jesus impact our participation in politics? Welcome back to the Jesus and Politics Podcast. I'm Jeff, one of the campus pastors with the Western AS Club CCF, and this week, I get to interview Jonathan about something really important, elections besides the presidential election. I know, mind blown. There's a lot on our ballots that you might not even know about. So stay tuned to find out why that is really important. Okay, Jonathan, you are a pretty level-headed, steady guy, compared to me especially, but tell our friends listening to this podcast what you experience like at an emotional level when your voters pamphlet and mail-in ballot arrive at your house. Thanks, Jeff. I think that's a compliment. Um, when, when the <laughs> voters pamphlet with all that info about who's running and everything that's going to be on the ballot, the thing is it often arrives on my birthday, which is, you know, possibly a coincidence or possibly they just know how excited I am about voting and have timed it all just right. I don't know which it is. <laughs> This year, though, I will say my six-year-old daughter went and got the mail this year, and she came back, burst in the house yelling, Daddy, Daddy, good news! And she handed me the voter's pamphlet when it arrived this month. So she, though, also had an extended conversation about the election with a random mom on the playground this week while swinging on the swing. So this probably reveals a lot about what's going on emotionally in our family and how I feel about voting. So I get pretty excited. That's great. So as you read through this year's voter pamphlet that you were so excited to receive, as your whole family was, it sounds like, tell me this, what is the most important election to vote on? Well, I think that depends on why you are engaging in politics. If you love politics because you love drama, then the presidential race is by far the most interesting and important race. That's why you can't stop hearing about it no matter how hard you try, right? Or if your goal for engaging in politics is power, then you would probably only vote for a president and in the U.S. congressional elections because they ultimately decide who's on the Supreme Court. All of those things, those are the highest seats of power in our government. But if drama and power are not your main goal, um, if your main goal in being political is to obey Jesus's command to love your neighbor, then I would argue that state and local elections actually should rise to the top of our priority list. If politics is a means to loving my neighbor, then those become the most important things to spend my time on. Okay, now that's that's gonna really stop some people in their tracks. What you just said gets almost zero airtime in our political conversations. Tell me more about that. Talk to us about what, why you think state and local elections are so critical. Okay. Because when I think about my neighbors, whether that's, you know, my literal neighbor on my block or my family, my friends, the students I mentor, anyone else that I interact with, what vote will make the most difference in their lives? That's the question I'm asking myself. I'll give you a couple examples of this. So some of my neighbors are people who are experiencing homelessness. I walk by places near my house where people have pitched a tent in, in freezing cold weather right now because that they have no home right now. That's where they live. 
Jesus says to me, those are your brothers and your sisters. And so who makes the biggest difference in their ability to find a home? In their, in their life, who makes the bigger difference? The president of the United States or the mayor of Bellingham? Right. It's actually the mayor of Bellingham. And the governor of our state, city council, county council, those people actually make a bigger difference in the lives of my homeless brothers and sisters. If I want to make a difference in their lives, what election should I pay the most attention to? It's those ones, actually. Um, another example. So some of my neighbors are black men and women. They're my brothers and sisters in Christ. Some of my neighbors, my brothers and sisters in Christ, are police officers. Some of my neighbors are both of those things, black and police officers. You can't escape thinking about issues of race and policing in our country right now. We have to be thinking about these things. If we have an opinion or a thought about how policing is done, how much we should fund the police, how do we hold police accountable to do good, how do we keep our communities safe, what's the, what's the role of police in our community, how people are treated by the police, all of those things, if we think those things matter, then for sure we should be voting whenever there's an election for mayor or city council or attorney general, prosecutor. Those people have enormous influence on those issues in real people's lives around us more than the president does, mm, actually. That's good. And so loving your neighbor, loving your neighbor should probably mean that I pay attention to those, who those candidates even are, even if nobody's putting that in my face 24-7, like presidential election, right? Right. And, and, and there's so much more, okay? Like if, if you care about the cost of rent and housing, if you ever ride the bus or drive a car, which I assume you probably do, um, if you care about tax, taxes and government services, who goes to jail and who doesn't? Um, what regulations do small business owners have to follow? College tuition, if you ever go to the park, if you've ever been to public school, all of these crucial issues that have everything to do with loving your neighbor, everything to do with people's normal everyday life, the president actually has less influence on them than we do when we vote in state and local elections. Those are the people that make the biggest difference in all of those issues. Mm -hmm. And I would even argue that some of the issues that the president does have a lot of influence on, your state and local governments also have a lot of influence on those issues. Right. So examples of that would be like, immigration and refugees, um, how we steward, God, steward God's creation in our country, healthcare, obviously, gun laws, even things like abortion, which is usually seen as a, as a national issue. I think it can be argued that our state and local politicians actually have way more influence on that issue than the presidential election does. So really, if, you know, if all of these issues are about loving our neighbor, that's why I think these elections really matter. Right, right. Oh, man, that makes so much sense. I, it, it, it's interesting to note that, like you talked about immigration and refugees, state by state actually decides how many immigrants and refugees they'll accept. Yeah. And, and yeah. so our local and state elections actually affect immigration and refugee questions more than who's, who's, the, who's the president. Exactly. That makes so much sense. Okay, so obviously we should be paying more attention to elections that don't necessarily make the news from what you just said, which I think is great and right on. Um, but a lot of times because it's not making the news, we don't really know where to go for good mm -hmm. information on these elections, these state and local elections. So could you hook us up with like a summary of resources um, where we can get good information on these local and state elections? 
Yeah, I can tell you what I do. Um, so the first place I go is the voters pamphlet, that one that comes right around my birthday. Okay, it might not arrive on your birthday, but every <laughs> registered voter in Washington gets one and it has all the basic information that you need. So I use that as a first step. So I look at all the candidates and the issues that I'll be voting on. And sometimes just reading that, it's obvious to me who would be the best choice for, for a certain election. So if that's the case, then, then that's, you know, as far as I go on my research, if it's really obvious. If it's not obvious and it seems like there's some great benefits both ways or some great drawbacks both ways, then I go to step two, which is there's this amazing thing called the Internet, which has so much information on it. So you can look up everyone on your ballot very easily. Um, I go to there's a website, Ballotpedia.org, which has great information. It's really helpful just for getting some of that um, kind of more objective. Like, here's what here's what would happen, you know, if this went through. Um, I also love there's state and local newspapers often do endorsements and I find those helpful. And I don't mean that I just vote for whoever the newspapers are endorsing. Um, but, but what I can do in reading the endorsements is I can see why are they endorsing this person? And sometimes I, you know, it's the opposite. Sometimes I read it and I'm like, well, all their reasons for endorsing them are things I don't agree with. Right. So I'm probably going to go the opposite way of this endorsement. Right. But that analysis is really helpful for me. I, 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 I like doing that. Um, I look at the candidates' websites um, a little bit. Sometimes you have to take that with a grain of salt because their goal, obviously, is to make themselves look good. And, but you can see you know, what issues are their top priority and see if they match what you value. Um, and then I also like to look at candidates' social media. And to me, that's because it matters to me how they interact with people, especially people they disagree with. Uh, because it's so rare for me to find a candidate that I 100% agree with on everything. I want to know how are they going to interact about the issues that I don't agree with them on. And so I can see in those places, are they respectful of people they disagree with, that kind of thing. So I find that helpful too. Excellent. And we'll make sure to post all those resources in um, the on the podcast where we where we post it in the in the in the bio and that kind of thing about the podcast. Um, that's really helpful, Jonathan. Thanks for that. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about an example of something very important on the ballot this year that is not the presidential election. We'll zoom in on one particular thing on the ballot to have a conversation that's kind of like a case study. Okay, see you soon. Okay, Jonathan, um, right before the break, we said we were going to talk about a critical issue on the ballot that is not the presidential election. Talk to me about initiatives and referendums geek out on me politically a little bit <laughs> okay so yeah just buckle up it's going to take a little explanation but it's really important and i'll and i'll make it quick okay so in washington we have these things called initiatives and referendums technically referenda but that just makes you sound snooty so we're <laughs> going to say referendums okay? too far jonathan too so, far <laughs> sorry <laughs> so any voter in washington can propose an initiative or a referendum an initiative is when you want to create a new law or change a law that already exists. A referendum is when the state legislature, so the people that we elected who serve our state in Olympia, when they pass a law and voters say, actually, we don't like that law. We want to decide. We want to send that to voters to see if it will actually go into effect. OK, so to get an initiative or a referendum on the ballot, it takes a lot of signatures. You can look up details of how the system works in your voters pamphlet. 
Okay, excellent. Thanks for the brief civics lesson. That was great. Um, Jonathan, talk to me about this one referendum that's on the ballot this year. It is about comprehensive sexual health education. So currently, school districts in Washington are not required to, to teach sex education. They're allowed to, but they're not required to. And this year, the state legislature passed a new law that would make it mandatory for every district to teach sex education. And then it gives guidelines of what would be taught at various ages for kids. So some voters in Washington did not agree with this law. They didn't think it was good. And so they gathered enough signatures to get a referendum on it. So it's called Referendum 90, and you'll see it on your ballot if you live in Washington. So now the voters of Washington get to decide whether this law will go into effect or not. So how it works is if we vote to approve Referendum 90, then sex education becomes mandatory statewide. If we vote to reject Referendum 90, then local school districts continue to make that decision about whether to have it and what to teach. So if politics is about loving your neighbor and that's your goal, then you should care about this bill. Because for example, I have this daughter who's in first grade, right? Many of you've met her, she's delightful. If you love your neighbor, you should care what my daughter is taught about sex in school. It's really important. As well as, of course, the thousands of other children in our state besides her, right? But this, that hopefully that helps you put a face on, this is why these things matter. The arguments for and against this bill are really worth reading. Um, and in fact, before this passed in the legislature, right, I actually contacted my, my state representatives about it and they both wrote back to me personally with opposite opinions and they were really helpful. Okay, I'm gonna pause right there. Jonathan, tell me some more about that. I, I think sometimes when we think yeah. about political engagement, we think that it's this massive, long to-do list of wading through lots of bureaucracy and not hearing back and all that kind of thing. But you said you wrote to your two legislators and they both got back to you. Tell me some more about what that was like and how, how like reasonable and practical that was. Yeah, okay, yeah, it actually was not difficult. So I found out who my state representatives were for my district and I just sent an email to both of them because I'd heard things about this bill and I was just, I wanted to know more about what it was actually about. And so they both emailed me back personally with their thoughts on the bill. So it was actually a really simple thing and they were both pretty thorough in their responses and very helpful. I would say it sounds like that's actually another plus about being engaged in local elections because actually the elected officials have fewer constituents like you and me to interact with. They can mm -hmm. actually respond personally. I bet they really appreciated hearing from someone who they were trying to represent on this question. So that's great. I love that yeah, you did absolutely. that. I'm going to I'm going to try to do that absolutely. more often, too. Um, OK, so for all of us voting for or against referendum 90, how should we think about this? Yeah, I think we should apply some of the things we've talked about over the last couple of weeks on this podcast. So it helps to think of your own backstory. How does that influence how what you think about this? That's OK. And it's actually helpful. So ask yourself, you know, where did you first learn about sex and what did you learn about it? And was that healthy and helpful? But it's also important to remember that your backstory isn't everybody's story. And so consider the backstory of others, of your neighbors. Maybe, you know, your family taught you really well about sex and you feel like that was better than what you would have heard in school. And that very well may be true, but not all families do that. It's not everybody's experience. 
Or on the other hand, maybe you had a good experience with sex ed in school, you're really grateful for it. And that very well may be true, but that's not everyone's experience with their school either. And so remembering that there's other stories out there is really helpful. Um, but if you wanna love your neighbors I, and you wanna make a difference in their lives, I would encourage you do some research. What would happen if this referendum passes and what would happen if it didn't? Get a good sense of the reasons for and against it and then you should vote, vote on this referendum. Um, okay, aside from referendums and initiatives, why should we care about uh, state and local politicians who are also running for election? Okay, three quick things that just make state and local elections so great for us to vote in. First, I, this is the one that's most important to me because I love and serve a God who is truth. And I've, I've just been so struck lately, I've been reading the Gospels, how often Jesus says, very truly, I tell you. Jesus tells the truth every time. It's one of the things I am so thankful for to follow him. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, I think this is why this is so striking to me right now, it is really hard right now to tell who is telling the truth in politics. I, I'm sure others of you are feeling that as I am. This is especially the case, though, the less local you get. On, on the most extreme example is the presidential election. Presidential candidates are constantly polling people to find out what they think so that they can say the things that voters want to hear so that they will vote for them. Guess what? The candidates for public utility commissioner in Whatcom County are not spending millions of dollars on polling to find out how to tell me what I want to hear. It is so much easier for me to find out what is true, to sift through hype and drama and outright falsehoods on that election. So because I value truth, I love voting in state and local elections because it's just so much easier to know what's true. And it makes me more confident in those votes. Right. I, I just love that. Right. That's great. Um, with that, too, I what I love about state and local elections is they allow me to think outside of the political party systems more. Um, like Jeff, like you talked about the first week, neither of the major political parties can comprehensively represent the kingdom of God and my values as a follower of Jesus. That just, I, I never feel at home there. So voting all the way down the ballot allows me to express the best way that I can a more holistic Christian worldview than just one vote for president can ever do. Um, and so it's okay to not vote for the same party all the way down the ballot. People do split their ballots between different parties. Actually, my current state representatives, the ones that I wrote to, they were both elected by the exact same people and they are from different parties. So people do this. <laughs> people, people do vote differently, uh, even on, this, on the same ballot. So again, voting all the way down the ballot, it just allows me to love my neighbor more effectively because I can think about way more issues than just what a president does. Excellent. Uh, and so it, it broadens that for me. Right on. Those are super helpful. Um, you, you said you had three helpful things for us. What's the third one? Okay. This one might just be my personality, but I don't know. Does anyone else ever dream of being the deciding vote in an election? Like, can you imagine how <laughs> exciting that would be? Right. So here's the thing. Two elections in Whatcom County last year were tied and they were decided by a coin toss. Like one vote would have actually made the difference. They, they weren't in Bellingham, so they, I, I wasn't a deciding vote. But, but seriously, like here just locally, not, not far away from me, there were tied elections. That's Sometimes so crazy. Sometimes I know that 
that we, I know, sometimes we get cynical about voting, right? Like it won't matter whether I vote or not. Does my vote actually make a difference? And the thing is, I absolutely will be voting in the presidential election. Despite everything that what you might think after everything I've said, I do think the president is extremely important. And I'm grateful that I get to have a say in, in who our president will be. But I know that my one vote will not be deciding that election. That's not going to happen. But in a state or local election, you never know when I could be that vote. So it makes me excited. So pretty much you're saying if you really do want the drama, get involved in state and local elections. <laughs> that's where I it's am. happening. I guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's really helpful. Thanks, Jonathan. That's awesome. So, okay, so if we, wanna, if we want to kind of turn the noise down on the presidential election and engage in politics in ways that, that are really much more directly affecting our neighbors and our friends and family, what do you recommend we do? We've talked a lot about how to think about it, but what are some actual action steps that we can take? Yeah. So first of all, you have to know what's even on your ballot, right? That's the very first step. And luckily for us in Washington, that is so easy. You can go to vote.wa.gov and it will tell you all the races you get to vote on. You put in your name and your birthday and it will show you everything that you need. It's like your voting account online. You can also there check if your ballot was received after you voted. So it's just great. It's a great system. It's super helpful. So you can go there and see what's what's even on your own ballot personally. And then um, the next thing I would encourage is think backwards. Okay, think backwards to what the news coverage tells you. The closer the election is to you, the smaller media attention it gets. But I would say the most impact it will have on you. So I know that some of you are just agonizing over who to vote for in the presidential election. And I want to encourage you that it might be more profitable to take some of that time, that agonizing time, and do some research on who's running in state and local elections. Or, um, you know, some of you have already decided who you're going to vote for for president, but you're still just spending a lot of time following the drama of that election. And that's easy to do. But maybe instead of reading that dramatic news story or watching that video clip about Biden or Trump, maybe take some of that time and look up referendum 90 or something else that's on your ballot locally. Think backwards from what the media is telling you is most important if your goal is, is loving your neighbor. So if you do that, you know, find out what's on your ballot, spend time researching those things rather than spending all your time on the presidential election, and then vote. I just want to really encourage you to vote. Excellent. 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 I feel uh, led to say also that we recognize there are more people on the presidential ballot than just Biden and Trump. We know there's lots of third party types out there and some of you are casting your votes for them, too. We don't want to, like, shuffle those off. But we also recognize that really Biden and Trump are the ones getting the headlines. Um, and and that's anyway, that's that's the case. Yeah, that's good. Okay, Jonathan, that was ex exceptional. I, I mean, I've, me and you have talked about this stuff before, but this is the best that I've heard on state and local elections. Um, my voters pamphlet is downstairs on my kitchen counter, and I'm more excited to read it now than I was before we interviewed. Um, okay. So I'm stoked. Thank you so much for that. That'll be great. Um, Jonathan, do you want to hear what our plan is for our next podcast? Yes, yes, I absolutely do. Please tell me. Okay. Actually, I can't because I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing next week. Here's the deal. 
It is entirely possible that we will not know the results of many of these state and local elections, including the national elections like the presidential one. Like it's, it's entirely possible because of the mail-in ballot system, all that mm. kind of thing. We will probably not have an election night result. Um, so here's, here's our plan. If we know who has won the majority of the elections on the ballot, including the presidential election, before we record our next podcast, then our next episode will be kind of a, a now what um, special. We'll have a panel of people focusing on how to handle whoever won the various candidates and elections and referendums um, that we did and did not vote for. Okay, But if the results are not clear yet, then what we're going to do is a special bonus episode zooming in on Jesus in the first century and how actually he was very politically engaged in his day and age. I think some people have a view of Jesus where he just kind of floated above all the things happening in his current events and his his kingdom was was so not concerned with things of this world. And when you look at the Gospels and you look at Jesus' uh, history, like the contextual context, that's not the case. And so we're going to do a special bonus episode looking at the sort of the politics in and around in the life of Jesus. So stay tuned. We will let you know what our plan is. But for this week, that's from us. Thank you, Jonathan. Really appreciate it. And thanks for listening, everybody out there. We will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Jesus and Politics podcast. Remember to join us every Thursday at 4.30 on Zoom for a Q&A. You'll be able to find the link to that on our social media or at our website, ccfministry.com.